Hey, what's up guys? This is Gons. Welcome to a flyby. Now on episode 132 with Carl Tykrib, we talked about his experience at Burning Man last year and he was preparing to go this year, but he was a little bit short on funds. Now, you guys listening out there, Canarians, you guys stepped up and helped Carl and his team get to Burning Man. And in fact, in the process, we got Basil to get out there as well. And let me just say, the payoff is greater than you guys could ever imagine. And I'll leave it there for now. You'll hear a glimpse of what I'm referencing in this conversation. This is Basil at the Camp of the Unknown God, about four days into Burning Man, and he was able to sit down with Carl, Bob, who had been there for many years, uh, Jen Doe, as well as Justin Fall. He makes a little appearance as well, and they just share a few minutes, uh, or a little short report from the ground itself, what it's like to be there. And uh, this is actually part of... A bunch of stuff that we're releasing from Burning Man. And in fact, if you're a patron, a babble buster, or beyond, go check out the feed for the latest Canary Cry Conversations. Number eight, which is Basil's Burn Report. And number nine, which is Basil's Audio Tour, which is literally Basil holding a microphone for an hour, driving around Burning Man and running into all kinds of stuff. It is wild, folks. So if you're a patron, go check that out. If you're not a patron, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And there's a bunch of different levels where you can support us at. And if you're a babble buster or beyond, you get to have access to those Canary Cry conversations, which is an extra little treat for those of you supporting us. So again, you guys are making a difference for the kingdom of God. And I can't stress that enough. Enough of me. Let's go to the desert where Basil met up with the camp of the unknown God. All right, everybody. It's your buddy Basil here. Welcome to the show. This is the Canary Cry Radio Playa Edition. I am here with a bunch of crazy hippie burners here. Um, we've got Jen Doe. We've got Carl Tigrip. That's right. I found him. And are you Bob? I'm Bob. Bob we've, and we got Bob Worley here. And uh, this is Sunday, the last day of Burning Man. And it's been a long, dusty, hot week. And uh, as you all know, if you've been listening to the past episodes of Canary Cry Radio, Carl and his team are here doing research. Uh, and I'm going to let Carl actually explain what's going on here. We're all dusty and hot, Carl. First of all, what are you doing here? And second of all, how did it go? Well, it was a very intense week. I'll tell you how it went first. It was a very intense week, a lot of things to see, a lot of things to do. As you know, being here on the playa, Burning Man is not a single event, but hundreds and hundreds of events, all under one roof. 
Yeah, that was kind of one of the biggest things. I was coming here expecting it to be more like a festival, like a music festival type thing. I Not had all these close. plans to get into some VIP areas. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> but turns out there are no real VIP areas. That's right. Wow. And okay. so my week was spending time with Jen and Bob and a handful of others. And we were interacting with people. We had dozens and dozens and dozens of different kinds of conversations, met all kinds of interesting people people were able to were able to share the gospel on a number of different fronts and uh, attending workshops mm. attending lectures some pretty f wild some pretty freaky yes. workshops. and I want to talk more about that we'll each give a little taste of some of the right, wacky stuff right. so that you know the one thing that kind of hit me because this is the cutting edge of culture this is the sharp edge of the spear I kind of kicked myself earlier this week that how come I haven't been here Bob for the last five or ten years. I never met you. That's been the problem. Up until last year when we did the, our first burn together mm -hmm. as the Camp of the Unknown God. And then Jen jumped on board with us and it's been good. So I'm going to pass the mic to Jen. Okay, sounds good. Hi. Hi. So tell me about the experience. I mean, I can't imagine. So first of all, on like the second or third day, there was the huge dust storm which people have told me throughout my whole life. They're like, oh, the dust in the playa is so crazy. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You're, it's nature. It's dusty. <laughs> but no, this is next level. And you're in a tent. Yeah. Are you not? No. Oh. I'm a fancy boy. <gasps> I have some fancy uh, equipment that I brought out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the first night when it came in, what was that? I think I got here on Tuesday, mm -hmm. so it was a little late, but that's okay because I didn't have to sit for 10 hours at the gate to get in on Sunday. Monday, Will Call was down the system, mm. and I have a, or had a um, low-income ticket, and so I had to pick it up at Will Call. Mm -hmm. So I would have been stuck out there for at least 12 hours waiting for it to come back up. So I came in. On Tuesday, waited maybe like 20 minutes at the gate, um, and that first night, I thought my tent was going to collapse on me. It was terrifying. It's crazy. It was intense. Nice. Literally like camping. Yeah. Very good. Thank Very you. Very funny joke for Thank the radio. You. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and so the next day, we, I was just like, you know, you, I did everything, prepared everything to keep the dust out of my bedroom because it has the separation, but you just, you have to become one with the dust. It coats everything. You stop and, really noticing it after a while. Yeah, and so we we said, screw it, we're just gonna go down to center camp. You hear stories that you should lock up your bike and you never think that it's gonna happen to you, mm -hmm. but come out of center camp in the middle of a dust storm. Like, I mean, Within 30 minutes, my bike's gone. Had to walk all the way back, and we're out in the suburbs. It was taken, or you just couldn't find no, it? No, it was taken. It was gone. Oh, that's interesting. Somebody took it. I haven't locked up my bike all week. Exactly. Everybody knows. They say, don't take Basil's bike. Don't take Basil's bike. I'm pretty sure you stole my bike, though, because it looks exactly like the one that I lost. Yeah, sure. Well, sure. maybe I bought it from whoever stole it from you. Maybe you did. So I want to hear a little bit from yeah. Bob. Now, Bob, how many times have you come out to Burning Man? 
I would say uh, since 1996, uh, probably uh, average of every uh, second or third year. Okay. And uh, I spend uh, time outside the camp, and we camp uh, out about three miles away, and uh, we draw in uh, people uh, for discussions and so forth, and we have a method how we get them to stop, and that's that I fly an Israeli flag and everybody gets curious. Oh, interesting. And then uh, other times we come in and uh, we spend the time here. We check out what's happening and we witness. And uh, so until just lately when I met Carl, uh, Carl is on fire for this. And uh, I have been since 1996. And so I see this growing. This is actually... uh, uh, really uh, an opportunity for Christians to come out in, on the inside and on the outside, and they have to prepare uh, for doing this. And these people, uh, most of them, are open to uh, talking, and so we get to share the gospel with uh, people from all over the world. I've been dealing with a lot of Israelis and uh, Russians this time around, mm. and so, uh, you know, this is a place that uh, that I think scares many people. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's 70,000 of them. And as someone once said, they're in front of us, they're behind us, they're each side of us. They will not get away this time. <laughs> That's great. So, Carl, I got a question for you. That's what I was going to ask how you got people to stop and how you approach them. What's the... What's kind of the deal? You mentioned the Israeli flag is a real draw. I could imagine that. There's a lot of very culturally diverse people and especially people sort of, I mean, with all the stuff going on over there, it's uh, you don't see a lot of Israeli flags over here. Carl, tell me, um, first, I want to know a little bit like what is the experience of drawing somebody in uh, starting the conversation, what kind of questions do you ask? And then was there a particularly interesting interaction that you had this oh, year? Oh, wow. Um, well, the Israeli flag, that was Bob's thing before we came into the camp uh, the last couple of years. The, the thing that really has drawn people is the sign that says Camp of the Unknown God. And Bob's wife, Mary, did a bang-up job. It's a great sign. It and lights up and everything. It lights up and people real come BRC in. BRC style. And right there, that opens up the mm. conversation. Cool. Uh, in terms of conversation where uh, I was I was kind of drawn in, I was at Camp Mystic uh, looking to attend a workshop on, was that the one on ayahuasca and leadership Micro- and microdosing? Ayahuasca, microdosing, leadership in the business world. Right. Wow, right. that sounds fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I'd been to Camp Mystic a couple other times, and one of the conversations around Camp Mystic was on the question of God and ultimate reality mm. is ultimate reality one or two based on the work based uh, basically of Peter Jones, Dr. Peter Jones. Mm-hmm. Oneism, man, nature, and God are all essentially the same. Twoism, not dualism, twoism, mm. God and everything else. And I was in a conversation 
and with another individual and this fellow from Hong Kong came by said wow that sounds really interesting because we're talking about paganism small p paganism large p paganism and how Burning Man is really a middle p paganism mm, yeah uh, small p paganism being the general worldview that's held by so many people in our culture today large p paganism being the religious uh, reflection of that mm. Wicca Judaism heathenism etc etc and I was saying that this is really reflection of middle P paganism it combines both mm. there's both here and so that conversation came into effect and uh, and I'm having some interesting just not long conversations but enough that he he said he, he walked away shaken and said I've got, I got to think I've interesting. got to think about this hmm. because his paradigm was only one one paradigm yeah. and that was one ism yeah, you know, it's very interesting because, uh, you know, inherent, and this isn't everybody, I mean, 70,000 people, you got people it's all diverse. over the place. All over, yeah. Um, but there really is uh, an interesting, you know, duality might be an interesting term to use in this context, but an interesting duality between like sort of a hyper spiritual seeking type thing, right? Um, kind of pegged and wedged in there with kind of like you said, a small P paganism, more of like a party, go have fun in the desert type of feel. And the workshops, which the one you just mentioned is a great example of this, but the workshops are like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, there was one on cryptocurrency and psychedelics and stuff. Were you at that one? Not, not that no, one, but a different one. The cryptocurrency and spirituality. Ah, crypto. Tell me a little bit about that. I meant to Actually, go in there. I couldn't. I, I didn't stay at that one. I went to go speak with one mm. of the speakers at the microdosing and ayahuasca and leadership. And I got to speak with her for about 45 minutes face to face. And it basically came down to it that she was, um, had the real Christ consciousness in her, not the fake Christ oh, of the Christian right, church, right, um, yeah. which the cosmic Christ, right. Yeah. Um, which we also learned at that workshop that, um, there's, how do I put this? An agenda. An agenda that will directly affect the evangelical mainstream Christian so demographic. So that was very, very cryptic. What does that mean? She wasn't cryptic at all. Well, that was, I was so, intentionally cryptic. So what was the agenda? Are you keeping this secret? What's going on here? It's a secret cabal? We aren't. Um, it's big, and so we have to kind of figure out a, a strategy to attack it. And wait, well, okay. So you said that she has an agenda that to will, take down the mainstream Christian church that will directly affect. And what is that? What is her agenda? That's what we're keeping cryptic. Actually, I guess that's my question. <laughs> it's, it's, we were at a workshop yeah. where of. A very well-known personality okay. within a particular professional field uh, had been enlightened with ayahuasca uh -huh. and now has made inroads into uh, a major Christian outlet uh. and asked for prayer, quote-unquote, uh -huh. by all the others who are psychedelics, psychedelic spiritualists, uh, in Jen's words, spiritual drug dealers, and they, that's what this is. Yeah. She coined it. It's a great word, a great, great term. <laughs> she needs to, to, to trademark that one. And uh, how so, she was so excited that this inroad for her would, in the very near future, if it all worked out, 
would enable her to bring ayahuasca enlightenment to the Christian community without the Christians ever really realizing that they're being sold this new way of thinking. That sounds like a real... Uh... The names are dropped, not dropped, names were said, directly given. Uh, and we've, I honestly think that the people involved don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, they're thinking that this is just simply a professional connection. But the person who was telling us had something else in mind besides a professional connection, so a worldview. So I'm assuming you're keeping this a secret because you're going to get the exclusive. Mm, it's not exclusive. It's it's you know if we can approach this individual and organization first and uh, uh, warn them, uh, then I will never even mention who it was uh, okay. you know, publicly because there's okay. no point. Okay. You know. We just don't want the other side knowing that we know oh, we felt like we were it. the two spies in the got camp got it got they it they had no idea I've, yeah, that I we were in their like safe i felt kind of like a spy here too got yeah. a lot of people like we were in her safe space mm, very interesting yeah very interesting so bob tell me what's up what's been uh, something of note that's happened this week for you oh this week uh some pretty fantastic things uh the uh poly uh, um, belief, you know, where you have uh, more than uh, one partner in a marriage mm, uh, is polyamorous. Really yeah. And so uh, I happened to sit down at one of the local camps uh, and I had a, a gentleman sit down by me and he was, uh, you know, a very vocal guy and uh, about 20 minutes went by and, and a couple showed up and it was a young la uh, lady and a young man and uh, you could see that the guy that had showed up 20 minutes before was really, really uh, hitting on this girl. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was a young couple who had only been married three years and uh, he started asking about uh, a uh, poly uh, relationship and he asked uh, have you ever thought about introducing uh, other humans into uh, uh, the marriage mm. and she uh, and they were very, very uh, naive uh, and they said oh you mean children he goes no other adults and they were shocked right <laughs> so I at this point jumped in and I said uh, you know that uh, a marriage between a man and a woman and that uh, all other types of uh, you know poly type uh, views and so forth are uh, you know going to cause uh, destruction and the guy got up and left and I got to actually witness to these two people and share the gospel with them and uh, they were very grateful because they felt very uncomfortable with that yeah and uh, so, so you kind of intercepted yes yes yeah, and, good and for you just keep your ears open here and uh, the thing is is that I I happen to utilize the uh, penny that with the Ten Commandments on it by Ray Comfort's ministry ah right and uh, so I I sit down or, or talk with people and ask them where they're from. I get to know them and why they're here and so forth. And I think the key thing here is that, and it's with all of us, uh, is that we listen to what they're saying. Mm. And uh, then uh, we actually, uh, at that time, get to start to discuss issues and so forth. And I utilize prophecy. Uh, 
for my witness, and I incorporated Carl's one and two-ism last year after he demonstrated that, and I start out with that, actually. Uh, and so the opportunities, I've, I've got to witness to a number of Israelis, a uh, number Great. of Russians, and a number of other people. Mm. And the uh, opportunity to witness here is you have 70,000 people who will talk. Yeah. Let's let's take the opportunity of Christians there to bring the light to the darkness and so forth. And if you come in and you really love them uh, and you're concerned about other people's salvation and so forth, you can do a lot here. Great. That's awesome. Hey, Justin, you want to get over here? Come on up here, dude. Everybody, we got Justin Fall. He's coming. He's standing here. He's got a glow stick around his neck. He's looking very uh, burny. And uh, Justin, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, buddy. Are you ready? Is this Canary Cry Radio? This is Canary Cry Radio. You're here. Is this Joy Spiracy Theory? This one, I don't know. No, this one. This one's Canary Cry. Gotta, you know, working for the man. Working for the man, Gons is going to be listening to this. and Blame it on Gons. You know, I'm, I'm going to hold him accountable when I see him in a couple of weeks at the conference. Please do. To get him to work, man. We can't have this one coming out. So, you're out here. You got, uh, you're in the Skywatch camp, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. So, what are you doing out here? Are you doing any special work? Are you participating with these guys, or are you just out here for the ayahuasca ceremonies? Uh, you know, the ayahuasca, it was life-changing. <laughs> uh, no, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. See, I can have a sense of humor at any time there of the day. There you go. Right? Um, we came out to, to Travelogue Burning Man and get some ideas. We wanted to gather information, kind of see what's going on out here. And uh, I think my... Uh, my perspective has changed a little bit. We, we still stuck to the mission. We've been getting interviews with people, just very objective interviews, mm -hmm. uh, finding out what people are looking for, uh, what they hope to find, what they have found. Yeah. Uh, but what, I, what I've really, the highlight of the trip, besides fellowshipping with, with these awesome people over here, the highlight would be um, I'm able to engage with so many people and share the gospel. Yeah. I mean, I was able to pray with somebody at the temple the other day. Yeah. Tell me, uh, well, ooh, the temple's interesting. So just so everybody knows, we are sitting here. It's about 7.30 on Sunday night. They're getting ready to burn the temple. The man has been burned. You saw the man burn there, oh, yeah. Justin? Big explosions. It was fun. That's about the biggest flame you're going to see in real life unless you're in some sort of emergency situation. About, I got paint on eyebrows tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, I mean, as, as far as pyrotechnics, very fun and interesting to watch. The temple, just so everybody knows, is a separate structure. Uh, I explained it in my last recording a little bit, but it's a giant wooden structure. Uh, kind of, Well, it's a temple. It's kind of in the shape of a volcano, and you can walk in the bottom, and people go and put pictures of their loved ones, write messages. It's kind of a place to leave, I don't know, some baggage or something, and and it all goes up in flames. That's sort of the idea about it. Right. And we're about maybe a half hour, eh, probably more like an hour until the burning of the temple, so that's why we're kind of speeding through this. Um, but explain to me, if you can, A, I want to know one of the most interesting I mean, I've had a lot of shocking moments. Just right—I mean, just riding your bike down the street here, you see stuff you 
would know. It was much different than I was expecting. Um, what's been something super interesting like that? And then maybe you can speak to one of the more uh, ceremonial things here, like the burning of the man or the burning of the temple or any number one of those things. Uh, real quickly, I'll hit that uh, this temple, mm-hmm. uh, the construction of this particular temple was constructed based on gematria. Mm. Uh, I heard that now from several people. Yeah. Um, it's very intricate. And so the gematria is literally, it's like a charged object, mm-hmm. in the, uh, speaking in the occult terms. Yeah. Um, so when it goes up, uh, I believe, and again, this is what I've heard now from several people, they said that the gematria is going to play a role in how everything goes down. Very interesting. So Yeah, there is a lot of that sort of um, esoteric feeling to a lot of the ceremonies and the processes that happen here. Right. Yeah. Um, we had a really weird moment a lot of them actually um we were in the temple yesterday and there was a woman sitting down two women facing each other Mm. and um one of them was appeared to be shooting energy beams into the other one Mm. um it seemed to be some type of reiki and people just stood by and were kind of sucking the energy yeah uh and i felt it i felt something very unusual over there interesting Um, i can say this um it's one thing to get on the radio and to talk about the things we talk about on a weekly basis, uh, do videos. Uh, it's another thing to be in the same room where they are invoking demonic entities. Right. Uh, you feel it, and it is very sickening. Yeah. Um, I still have compassion. I still want to share the love of Christ with these people, but there's something grotesque in the air when they are invoking uh, entities. Like the other night, they had an inset. They were calling on the ancestral spirits. Uh, they were calling on the spirit of Larry, the founder of Burning mm, Man. Right. Uh, a lot of weird stuff, uh, more stuff than I could tell you about right now. Yeah. But uh, I think the weirdest thing that I saw, the most creepy and chilling thing that I saw, one of them, um, we were in the temple the first night, and there was a what looked like a looked like a character out of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> really creepy guy, right? Yeah. Super tall, yeah. like partial Nephi. Um, there's some definite Nephilim here. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to the Thunderdome? No, I didn't go there yet. Wes went. Wes I, saw this. I went to the Thunderdome, and there was a straight-up Nephilim. You know how they kind of have suspended the warriors there? He was just standing on his two feet. Guy had to be seven and a half, eight feet tall. It was crazy. I saw pictures of the Thunderdome. I, I didn't get over there. It's a fun time. I'm a Mad yeah, Max fan, so... It's a good time, but oh, sorry. Oh, to, so to there's this really tall guy, and it almost looked like a, a statue. Mm. Like, like he was standing very still. Yeah. Um, and there was eye makeup and stuff. So from far away, it almost looked like something you would see in, a, in an Indian shrine, oh. or even some of the photos of like um, Madame Blavatsky with the ascended masters in India. There's a couple photos of her with people they're claiming were ascended masters. Anyway, long story short, I get up on the guy, and I start getting like spooked. And he is decked out like the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Wow. But not any Virgin Mary, stigmata Virgin mm. Mary. The candle, he had a, a glowing heart. He had a little a Jesus stuffed animal. And there was a very strange force coming off of him. And so I didn't know what to say. I mean, it's almost like you're looking into the face of, of a spirit. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I photograph you? And he said, well, sure. And I, I 
I was in the temple. I didn't know how this was going to go down. Yeah. But I'm like, this would be a money shot, a money interview. So I film him. He consents. You know, out here, consent is a big deal. Right. Yeah. It's like one of the buzzwords. He consented. Yeah. And uh, I filmed him. And then I said, can you tell me about what's going on here? And he poured out his heart. Really? And he told me what was going on. Um, He also connected the divine feminine uh, the goddess attributes queen of heaven pretty much to mm, Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was raised Christian, he hated his dad for being a born again Christian because he was homosexual. And so he was there to burn his relationship with his dad. Mm. And I was so compelled to come home and watch it that night. We came back and we watched it and there's so much pain. And you know, what really got me is that his psychiatrist told him to come burn. Mm. This is how you need to heal yourself from your father. And like, I just really wanted to be able to share the gospel with him, but he already had such a nasty taste in his mouth about born again Christians. Yeah. And he starts quoting Leviticus. Mm, Classic. Classic line, man. I mean, I felt like I could give him a token trophy. Right. And, but I hurt so much for the guy. And, uh, I did not have the opportunity to go into any discussion with him. Matter of fact, I probably shouldn't have been filming in the temple at that point, but I did have consent. Um, that was probably the most chilling experience that I've had uh, face-to-face with someone. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. Wow. And I filmed amazing. it. I, I'm hoping to include it in our travel log. He did give consent. Great. That's so. beautiful. Wonderful. Well, we're all very excited to see that interview and uh, to see a lot more of the work that comes out from your experience here. Thanks so much, buddy, for taking the time. Thank you. And uh, we're starting to itch, it looks like, to head out to the temple. So I just got one more thing. I'm going to pass it over to Jen. Okay. You made it out here. (sighs) Yeah. Tell me something that's uh, really hit you so far an experience with someone, a conversation, maybe uh It wasn't necessarily a conversation. It was going out to the playa at night, going up to the man. You were able to walk up and around it. It wasn't just a hundred foot tall man. Mm-hmm. This year it was on a platform, kind of interactive. So I walked up on top of the platform and I looked out across the playa and in every direction except for north into the deep playa all the only phrase that came to mind was coming to a neighborhood near you Mm. and how ill-prepared the church is for what's about to hit them Mm. interesting wow and i just was so overwhelmed with emotion that thankfully carl was there i just kind of like lost it on the platform yeah just it was so overwhelming it's that's the only word i have for here is overwhelming amazing yeah thank you so much carl one last word from you buddy you bet we'll go out and watch some more fire yes lots of explosion that's the best part of the whole week is when things catch on fire baby there's a lot of that stuff Um, i got i got sunburned so there's added fire right now there's all sorts of burning going on around here (laughs) okay so (laughs) very funny that one's not on tape so save it for the real deal now we're gonna we're gonna talk more uh probably later this week or next week when everybody's got a chance to get their thoughts 
collected. Mm -hmm. But any last words from you, Carl, about the week that's gone by or the mm. next day or so, oh. uh, what's going on? You know, the week that's gone by has been encouraging. Mm. It's been encouraging working with Jen, having the guys from Skywatch, working with Bob, Ali, all the people we've interacted with, it's been super encouraging. We need to look at this not as something that frightens us, mm -hmm. but that challenges us and causes us to look at this as opportunity. Mm. Uh, and really is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to shine the light of Christ. Okay. Amen. Sounds good. Right. You got one last thing or are you good? Okay. All right. I want to say. Yeah. Let's hear it. I just want to give a little uh, historical moment in time little wonder years from the time I uh, had a nice transhumanist discussion with my canary cry friends on the fourth watch. <laughs> Hurlbutt. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. okay. That, that's good, that's good. But that's, that's excellent. I want to end it on a serious note though. Sorry. To Basil, the Gons. Thank you guys and Jen working with you guys and all the stuff that's interacted with helping us to raise the funds to get out here and to your audience that was incredible. Mm. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here. So thank you. Ah, oh, and thank you, Carl. You heard it, folks. Can I say it? Yeah, you keep. Can I say it? You want to say the the okay? The thing. I'll let you say okay. the thing. All right, folks. That's been your field reporting with the team here at Burning Man. We got Skywatch. We got Carl and his team, and of course Canary Cry Radio. I have been your buddy Basil, and we will be following up with some post interviews, uh, figuring out exactly going deep into what happened out here in the desert but until then think outside the cage there you go beautiful well thank you jen that was basil and the crew from the camp of the unknown god straight from burning man hope you guys got a little something out of it stay tuned because episode 134 is about to publish and that will be another conversation with carl tykrib once he got out of Burning Man, back into normal civilization, although uh, he suggests that his lifestyle is very similar to Burning Man to begin with. Very minimal. But in any case, again, you guys made this happen, and because of it, it's possible that this helps divert a massive spiritual deception campaign against unsuspecting Christians all over the world. And again, Without being able to share all the details yet, that's not important. The part that's important is for you guys to know that it's making a very real difference in being a generation of Watchmen. So thank you guys. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash canarycryradio to get even more from Burning Man. Basil's sit down with me about it as well as his audio tour where he runs into all kinds of stuff and... Uh, even gets a leg workout in the process. Ooh, the sand is deep. Oh, the sand is deep. Feel the quads, they burn. And just as a reminder, we did hit our goal of 100 patrons. And so we will be doing that special episode. That will be coming out as soon as we're done with all this Burning Man stuff. We will get into that, make sure that comes together and publish that as soon as possible. So thank you guys. You guys made it happen. 
go to iTunes, look for Canary Cry Radio, look for Canary Cry News Talk, look for the Joy Spiracy Theory. All of them you can leave ratings and reviews. It helps us out tremendously. And make sure to go to Face Like the Sun on YouTube as well if you haven't already. I'm going to wrap this up here. And I'll let Jen have the last word again because she wanted it. So until next time, think outside the cage. We are coming towards the end of my ability to do this.